Hello and welcome to the Solution Focus Toolkit Podcast. My name is Michael Dawson from the Action Factory. And our aim is to take the Solution Focus model out of the therapy room and into your workplace. Now, you're probably um, residential care workers, social workers, um, working with teenagers in whatever capacity, such as youth work, etc. If you are then I'd love to remind you on every podcast that you've got the greatest job in the world. You are helping to improve people's lives. Um, so I've got something really exciting I want to talk about today. First of all, very, very quickly, very, very quick pitch. Um, we teach all kinds of professional teams and our online training, the Solution Focus Toolkit, is designed for teams of, of 10 or more people to work together to adopt the tools of Solution Focused work into the team and so many people have said to me over uh, over the time that we've been doing that you know it would be great if there was kind of an individual version of it something that an individual person could do to help themselves to improve their solution focus skills wouldn't that be wonderful well now there is um, I'm really really excited and pleased to say that the individual training for individuals is now available. So of course, there's a massive, massive cost saving. You're not going into those kind of team budgets, etc. It's designed for you as an individual. You can check that out now at www.theactionfactory.com. That's theactionfactory.com. You probably know that by now if you signed up with us or you're listening to the podcast. So individual training is now available. I am so, so pleased um, to be able to put that out there. So welcome. Um, I'm so glad you're here. Um, I want to talk about Isaac Newton. Um, <laughs> no, don't worry, you've tuned into the right podcast. Um, Isaac Newton was born on the 25th of December, Christmas Day, 1642 in Lincolnshire in England, and he died r- r- 1727. Now, as we know, We've seen him on your five pound notes. He was a physicist, mathematician. But one of the things he was famous for was the three laws of motion. These are the basic principles of modern physics. And they also resulted in the formulation of the law of universal gravitation. Now bear with me, we are talking about the solution focused approach. Okay, so those principles of motion um, were set in stone by Sir Isaac Newton and they haven't changed since. The final space shuttle mission, uh, which took place um, in Florida uh, in 2011, used the same laws of motion to get into orbit, to sail around the Earth and to bring themselves safely back down to Earth. Now, the point I'm making is that since the 17th century, the principles put together by Isaac Newton have never, ever changed, okay? And they will never change. So it got me thinking about how those principles never change, but the tools that we use within the principles do. So I thought, well, in the same kind of way, the solution-focused approach is set in some very core principles and we talk about the principles a lot less than we talk about perhaps 
um, the actual tools. Um, so if we speak less of the laws of motion, uh, we talk more about flying across the Atlantic and how, how quickly the plane gets us there. However, the laws of motion that make that happen are unchanging and were unchanging before Isaac Newton discovered them and wrote them down and did the calculation. The interesting thing is you don't even have to believe in the laws of motion. And even though all the evidence may support them, and in some respects, that kind of happens with the solution-focused approach. Um, you know, so if you imagine a plane will still fly, regardless of your belief, um, if you don't believe in, you know, gravity and gravitational force, you don't float away into space. Things still happen and you are still treated uh, in the same way because the core principles do not care. So what are the core principles that align themselves to the solution-focused approach? Okay, that will be unchanging. Doesn't matter who you do your training with, when you do your training, or any of that, they are set in stone. Now, what's interesting is, and I've said this many, many times, your mum, uncle, or granddad could have lived and worked by these principles and never have heard of the solution-focused approach. Now, this becomes fascinating because now you're saying, wow, this person was never trained in solution-focused work. How come I go to see them with a problem and I come away feeling great? You know, so this is something I've said for a long time that we start our training and I look around the room and say, you know, we, we could have really good solution-focused people here in this room already. You just don't know what the tools are. So what are those principles that we uh, never change? Firstly, the client is the expert in the room. The client is the expert of their own life, not you not a uh, Harvard-trained um, uh, psychologist or anybody. Do they do psychology in Harvard? I don't know. But basically what I'm saying is that um, the client is the expert. And we all do it, don't we? Um, you know, people live on a dollar a day. Can you imagine how difficult that must be? Um, we think we kind of do, but really, really, we don't. People live in war. People are bereaved and we think we can understand, but we often can't. So that puts us in a very difficult position. That means that if I decide to work in psychology, it does not matter how many degrees I actually do, because I might well find that the client would be helped better by visiting my grandma. <laughs> so... It's, the, it's almost as if the, I'm, I'm seeing that the principles are more important than the, the kind of tools them, themselves. Okay, so uh, quite often I'll open up my training and say, uh, you know, solving other people's problems is the simplest thing in the world. If you are alcoholic, stop drinking. If you are depressed, cheer up. It's those kinds of basic core principles that really... Um, we know they just don't work. 
It's that simple. Why is that? Well, that's because it's not our life. It's someone else's life, someone else's paradigm, and we've not lived that life. Okay, so principle number one, there is only one expert, and that is the client, and that is literally, literally. I would suggest we stick to that. I'll tell you a story. Um, I did a not a, it wasn't often that I get to see clients in the role that I used to have afterwards uh, because they were very transient. But I was talking to a guy and we'd done some work with him uh, on self-harm and we'd been successful. And so he was uh, he was quite pleased with himself and what he'd done after a few sessions with me. But his mother was a counsellor and she'd had other people involved with him. And uh, he was very, very happy. So I asked him, why was it different after speaking to me? And what he said actually blew me away. He said, you were the only person that didn't tell me I should stop. Which, which blew my mind because I had done a, ses done a few sessions with him on self-harm. He'd been scratching himself, scratching his arms and all that kind of thing. So that brings me on to... Um, you know, the next, the next principle, which is, of course, that you cannot change people. If you've ever tried, you cannot change someone and get them to come over to your way of thinking because, or as we say, other people's problems are very, very easy to solve. Where does that leave us? What can, where can we go with that? Okay, so we can't change people. If you've ever tried changing someone, getting them to come over to your way of thinking, I don't know who it was that said, you'll never win an argument. And that's kind of true in a way. So we can't sit in a room and change a person's life or way of life. So where does that actually leave us? Well, the next thing, which I think is a core principle, is the client has the answers. Think about that. If they don't have the answers to their problem, who really does? Now, I know people will say, oh, I saw such and such. He suggested this, so I did that, and da-da-da-da-da. I'm hoping that if a client saw someone or one of our clients, they would be mistaken in saying that they suggested this. We always try and say to you, look, don't suggest or try and avoid uh, suggestions, but bring them into the conversation um, to, for consideration. However, you've got to be aware of your own underlying prejudices there. So let's look at principle number two. No, principle number two is that the client has the answer. They have the answer. Okay, so we have to work on that basic principle. Well, they don't seem to have the answer, Mike. They don't seem to be getting very far. Well, that's because our role is to help them find it. Our role isn't to give them the answer. Our role is to help them find the answer. So how do we do that? Well, we come to principle number three. Your role is to be curious. You are the curious inquisitor. Your role is to explore and instigate and help with a frame of reference that works for them. So you are curious. And if you go back to the guy that was kind of self-harming, that was a principle I applied 
in those sessions that were successful. It was kind of really wanted to know why do you, you know, tell me a little bit about how and why you do this. Um, one of the most provocative questions was, what, tell me why you don't do more. You know, why do you not self harm? more visibly and stuff because a lot of it was kind of hidden and we still really started to get to the root of it then because the guy was self-harming but he didn't want people to see it he didn't want people to know he was doing it and so i won't go away into that session but that's kind of how it worked so my role was to be curious and sometimes when we're asked questions and we're told to come back with a the kind of you know we come back with an answer then we sometimes find that it doesn't quite sit right with us. It doesn't sound right when we answer the question physically and we start to question our own behaviours. And once we're questioning our own behaviours, then basically um, we have to then reassess our situation. And that's why the tools of solution-focused therapy are so powerful and the point I wanted to get across in this uh, podcast is if you imagine Isaac Newton's principles then um, basically they are unchanging you know the client has the answers the client's got all the answers they are the expert in the room and our role is to be the curious inquisitor but what about those tools like normalizing reframing looking for exceptions well, they're really the aeroplanes, the space rockets and the human cannonballs. Those are the things we use within the core principles of the solution focused approach. We can't really imagine our way into the client's lives, solutions or problems. It was Richard Bandler who developed NLP, who once said every problem was once the solution to another problem. Think about that. Think about any kind of problem that you have or your clients have. It's almost always true. It was, that is, was once the solution to something else. So we've got no choice but to stay outside of the client's life and ask to see what's within, to be humble enough to appreciate getting a job, feeding the kids, staying out of a crime these can be fairly mundane everyday things for us however within the framework of this client's life they're not and so we need them to allow us to pull back the curtain a little bit and be curious so if you never did any of our training and if you forgot all of the tools that we teach you i would say please take away one thing these principles remain unchanged and will remain unchanged forever if you are going to work in a solution-focused way. That is, if you're going to work in a solution-focused approach with your clients or young, your grandma, uncle or granddad is going to work in a solution-focused way without knowing it, they will be applying these core principles. Okay. Uh, the client is the expert the client has the answer you are the curious inquisitor fascinating i was just happened to be listening to something about isaac newton and those basic principles and um 
I end up in this room again talking to myself. As they say, if you want to learn, you should teach. And I, I absolutely love what I do. Thank you for being there for the podcast. I am quite happy to be here and occasionally talk to myself uh, because it helps me to kind of develop my thoughts. But uh, I love you being there. Please visit theactionfactory.com where hopefully, depending on when you're listening to this, you will get the introductory launch deal on the individual uh, online training, which is two and a half hours of video, etc. And then we've also got full team training. If you want to work through it with your team and keep your whole team on board, um, you can sign up for the series of PDFs. We call them desk droppers. And of course, subscribe. Please subscribe to the podcast. And um, we will appear somewhere within your electronic device at some point that's it for this week um thank you so much for being there and thank you so much for listening as always i um ask you to challenge anything that i've said pop it into the comments or drop me an email etc and um, we'll be back with the next solution focused toolkit podcast very very soon my name is mike dawson and this is the action factory Thank you.